waiting for Zoom to spin up. Hello, Zoom. Wow, this is getting easier and easier. Those Zoom folks, just they, I think they know what they're doing when your stock goes up 300,000% in the span of nine months. Uh, Nick Schramm, hello. Eugene Guerrera, Barb Randall, Peter Glick, Jeff and Jane Greasy, Jan Kiefer already jumping into the Zoom room. Uh, we're going to give this a minute or so till we get to the top of the hour. And then we are going to be talking with an insane person who has decided to, you, you just have to hear the story. It's, uh, <laughs> it's really impressive. Uh, Stefan Meyer, hello, sir. Tom Randall, good to see you. Jeff Goss, nice to see you. Debbie Long, awesome. The Mannings are in from Colorado. Sean and Marilyn tuning in. Colorado in the house. Colorado is in the house. We're in Colorado right now. The Mannings are right outside of Denver and Highlands Ranch. Oh, okay. My, I have sisters in Boulder. That is ask your you, fault. A, ask them if they know Kathy Sabin. That's another whole story. We meet all, we, yeah, she's the weather person. She's a meteorologist for K, uh, what is it? The K News, NBC, NBC affiliate. They, act, they actually- Nine might. News. Nine News, yeah. All right, we are at the top of the hour, so we are going to get this show cracking. This is SIP episode 35, 35 weeks of sheltering in place physically, just not socially. And we are going to be addressing some fantastic wine this evening with good longtime Cellar Angels friend Jeff Loomis of Loomis Vineyards. What is Cellar Angels? Cellar Angels is a private online direct-to-consumer wine curator. We source wines only from Napa and Sonoma. You cannot get these wines in stores. And this time on every Friday night, we get to bring one of these winemakers into your living rooms, into your patios. Maybe not much patio going out on the Northeast these days. Uh, although last week they had five consecutive days in the 70s. Uh, I do want to let everybody know that looking at the website, you should be well aware that this week is your last week to order the Thanksgiving kits uh, that we've put and custom designed for you to get there in time of the holidays. So if you actually go to the Cellar Angels website, you will see the SIP virtual wine tasting kits, which everyone is ordering because that allows you to drink along with the winemaker every single Friday night, rotating selection there. But this Thanksgiving wine kit, three bottles, six bottles or 12 bottles, 12 bottles strictly for when you have a lot of the in-laws and relatives over because you need more nourishment and courage and, and restraint. Uh, and also the wine we're going to be talking about right here, Loomis Estate Vineyards 2018 Rhone style blend. Uh, I also want to thank our wardrobe sponsor, Zoetic Wines, because if you have a shirt and you send it to me, I will wear it and you are a wardrobe sponsor. So if you've got some swag and you're a winery, actually, even if you're not a winery, if you're a car wash, if you're a restaurant, if you're anything like that and you want us to wear, we're okay. Just feel free to reach out via email and we'll get you set up. Uh, we are thrilled to actually be doing this for 35 weeks, and we're seeing some things around the country where it looks like it's getting a little bit more dangerous. So please consider us your de facto Friday night date night. Uh, we drink very, very serious wines without taking ourselves too serious. And, and with that, I absolutely want to say, uh, by the way, the Mannings have just, the studio is informing me that the Mannings actually do know Kathy Sabin. Yeah, of course they do. <laughs> so that's pretty impressive. Uh, thank you. Uh, that's, a whole long, that's a whole long story, too, but yeah. It, I, what isn't? I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> let, me, uh, let me, without further ado, by the way, I want to point one other thing out that some people don't notice is the filter section on the Cellar Angels website where you can just filter by uh, Napa Reds and then apply the filter and then you will only have Napa Red wines. So this is a very useful thing as the website grows and the inventory grows. All of the wines now just get filtered to the top. And that is something that will save you a lot of time as you're scrolling through the wines. Nice. I want to uh, express a, a, an instant debt of gratitude and appreciation to uh, Jeff Loomis because Jeff, as I said, we actually go back to 2012, I think is when I looked up uh, the first communication. Uh, he has been in tremendous fan and friend of Cellar Angels has graciously hosted us up at the property behind me, which is actually his property as well. He was kind enough uh, about four years ago to say, hey, let me help you with your website hosting. And we took it from the Philippines, brought it back to the mainland United mm -hmm. States, uh, or I'm sorry, India. And 
he has been a godsend of tech talent, kindness, compassion, in addition to great wine. And so I want to introduce to you a good friend of ours, a great wine ambassador, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Loomis of Loomis Wines. Wow. Honored, Martin. Thank you so much. Hello, everybody. Angels, what's going on out there? And that's all the time we have this evening. Yeah, I would thank like you to- for coming. So when I was in fourth grade. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not even certain how you and I first met. I don't remember. I it. don't know either. Um, God, somebody must have introduced us. I don't know. Somebody must. Yeah. Like we always say, great wine brings people together. And, yeah. Uh, someone- or you were helicoptering over undisclosed locations. Go, what's that? <laughs> yeah. There's uh, there is a, there's a chance that could have happened. Hello, Nelson Holden. Nelson Holden uh, does not have the ember in his glass because of a seller angel's mistake. So we apologize for that. Uh, that so will be a remedy. Special when he Michelle gets in his hand, I'm happy to talk to him, um, you know, separately or on Zoom, too. Yeah, that's very nice. Uh, Michelle Marcella, hello, young lady. Catherine Jerica, very nice to see you. Jim Brubaker, another Colorado person who also likely knows Kath, uh, Kathy Sabin. And who else am I missing here? Catherine Popkin, new, new person on Zoom. Newbies, so, bring them. So we, we met eight years ago. And yes. I was intrigued by the, the story. And the story is, is again, one of passion. Yep. And it's because, um, you know, it's funny. When we owned the retail wine store, right. we all of the staff loved Rhone varietals. Yeah. Unfortunately, the commercial acceptance to the American palate always seems to lag behind the big six of Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Riesling. Dan Guderas, hello on Facebook. Uh, you know, Cab Pinot Merlot. Yep. So it was always challenging to get folks to, to experiment because first of all, they, they've never heard of Mouvedra. They've never heard right. of Grenache and you know, right. all of those things. And, and yet you have, you took a liking to them and I don't want to, I want to divulge the story, but I don't want to divulge the story sure. because the, the story also has a poll question related to it. Right. Uh, okay. So actually, you know what, I'm going to launch the poll question first and then okay. you can, you can tell me the story. Tell the story. Okay, sure. So, so you fell in love with Rhone wines. So everyone yeah. is, is Doug Rutherford. Hello, sir. Uh, get your get your mouse your mouses your mice ready to be able to answer the question quickly. Uh, and no cheating. I don't get the answer. You don't get the answer. Yeah. Uh, Jeff fell in love with Rhone wines during a digital marketing seminar at the Vatican with bottles from the Pope's cellar. <laughs> during a college semester in France while courting French firm Louis Vuitton as that's all they drink. Yeah, where's, the, where's all the above? <laughs> Unfortunately, Zoom is actually awesome for polls. Facebook is not so good at polling. Gotcha. So well, since, we're, okay. since we're broadcasting live on Facebook, Facebook polls only allow three answers. Ah. I'm gonna give this about another eight seconds, seven, because I know people are getting on their smartphones and cheating. Can't cheat. Five, four, three, two, one. Apparently, people did some darn homework. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Okay. Who um, said the Vatican? I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of that one. I know. And Louis Vuitton. Okay. Sounds good. Good job, guys. So this is, I think, what attracted me a little bit early on to Jeff, because even in our first video in 2013, uh, you were telling me about this experience, and I just I had to go time out, time out. This is an absolute crock. This exactly. is not happening. It doesn't sound real, right? It just it doesn't like, sound real. So, it, so how did you get in? Of, how did you yeah. get into the Rones? It's that kind of insanity theme that runs through all of this too. So um, I went to the Harvard of the West Coast, uh, University of Oregon, and um, did a study abroad in Avignon, and uh, started out with a couple nights in Paris where I promptly blew my entire Pell Grant on a bottle of Dom Perignon on the Champs-Élysées. So um, we took the train down to Avignon. I lived with a family in a little village called Montfavet. Uh, prior to that uh, um, bottle of Dom at Fouquet's, I was uh, you know, wetting my whistle with the usual college uh, first gross, uh, Blue Nun, uh, Mad Dog 2020, and the omnipresent Asti Spumanti. So all the, sta- um, all the staples of the young all wine drinkers. All the goodies, the, nothing but the best, the latours of the worst. So, um, yeah, I didn't really have an extensive wine knowledge. And um, I r- was riding my bike to school, which I did every day to Avignon, which is about uh, six kilometers away. 
And one day I saw this sign and it was like, said pointed toward this place. And I'm like, I'm gonna go explore today, uh, skip out on school. So um, I, I rode my bike out to this place in this little village. And I was like, what is this? This is called what? Chateau Neuf de Pop and uh, New House of the Popes. And um, I went in a little wine shop and I spent a couple francs on, on just average jug wine and tasted it and it was kind of a revelation. I'm like, so this is what real wine tastes like. So it's argued that the first real wine I ever had was Rhone varietals. So, and, and some of the best and, and Chateau Neuf de Pop too. So I kind right. of thought then, even though I was a young, uh, you know, broke, especially after the Fouquet's um, college student, that, that if there was ever a day that I would have vines or have a winery or have something like that, I would plant Rhone varietals. So flash forward to uh, 2000, and I found this land. Wait, let, let, me, let me back up there for a second. Sure. So you went to school at the University of Oregon. Yes. Why? Um, I was going to UCLA, and I went with a buddy up to Eugene to see the campus in July and fell in love with it because it is a gorgeous campus. A little naive about the weather patterns of the Northwest at the time. <laughs> And thinking like, why do I want to go to LA when I can go here? And so I decided to go there and I showed up in September and it didn't stop raining for four years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so now where did you grow up? I grew up in the Bay Area. I was born in San Jose. So Got it. I lived along the peninsula all my life too. So very familiar with, with Napa and San Francisco, obviously, and spent a lot of time there. So you, so you neglected to look at the weather patterns of Oregon. Did not have a raincoat, did not have a sweater, no. Yeah. California which, boy. Which, yeah. which explains the desire to go to a semester overseas. At, at least one, yes. Yes. Uh, hello, Linda, Jim Brewbreaker's neighbor. Appreciate you coming on. Hi, Linda. What, what do you think, percentage-wise, your attendance of classes was during that semester? Wow. Um, you know, I, I think I made a really good run at 50%. So, um, you know, I, 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 I want to go 50.01, something like that, too. They gave us a week off after, after midterms, and I went to Morocco. So that gives you kind of an idea of where my mind was. So, and now you're still heavily involved with the university, yes? Yes, yeah, yeah. But do, you, the, do, you, uh, do you ever talk to them about the curriculum for their semesters at, you know, overseas to just say, guys, you yeah, can't cram that. They wanted me to do a professor, professor uh, uh, tenure up there in advertising. And I'm like, I think it would be better if we talked about the uh, study abroad program. So um, yeah, <laughs> that that is, they're fun. They're fun. So great, did you actually- It's a great school, great school. So it, see, this was, the, this was the magical part of the story, which just sounded so farcical about, I was riding my bike through Avignon right. and I decided right. to stop off at Chateauneuf du Pop. And it's just like, excuse me, what? Yeah, <laughs> totally random, totally out of the blue. I had no idea what it was. And, and how old were you? Like 22, 23? No, I was, tw I was 20. 20. Yeah. 20 okay. Yep. I'm sure the statute of limitations of buying wine illegally. And I'm I think I'm going to be okay. Yeah, in France, it's like, you know, if you're high enough to reach the bar, I think you're okay. That's a good point. And yeah. so that was the magical epiphany where you just, something went off in your head and you said, holy cow. It, it kind of made sense. There was depth, there was complexity, there was flavor, there wasn't all this sugar, you know, there was a savory aspect to it too. And it just, it just made an indelible impression. I think, you know, you have, you have wines throughout your life and you may forget them, but then you taste something similar and it kind of takes you back. You know, right. I, I had that I had that revelation at a small wine bar in Paris a couple of years ago. And I'm like, how did I know? Because we were guessing wines and it was some crazy ass wine. And, and I came pretty close. And he goes, how the hell do you know that? I said, well, I had this wine, you know, 20 years ago and I remembered it. And it's it tasted like that. And there's kind of some kind of weird memory that you have for wines at times. You don't remember the names necessarily, the specific knowledge, but you, it, you remember the experience. And I think that's that's the key thing about wines for me is about the experience, obviously. I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's the olfactory sensations are wonderful, and I, and I yeah. get all that. But the the memories and the neuronal triggers that they fire off inside your mind were like, oh, this I remember this. We were sitting at such and such. And exactly, exactly. The Dom was less memorable, but Fouquet's was. <laughs> no, and and now that you're in the business, paying full retail at a restaurant probably further digs that. Uh, Pelgrin into you. It, it's always, uh, yeah, it's always interesting there. Yeah, restaurant pricing for wines too, sure. 
Exactly. Um, so then in 2000, you stumble across yeah, I found property. Six, yeah, I, I found mean, 60 how, acres of rural. Well, I was looking for a weekend home. And okay. I, I didn't want to go to Tahoe like everybody on the planet who lives in the Bay Area. Tahoe's great, but it's, it's, a, it's a gigantic chore to get to on weekends. There's massive traffic, and in a good day, it takes three, four hours minimum. And um, Napa was, was close, and Napa was fun. And, uh, you know, horses were, would be involved. I've got to, you know, still have a horse. I uh, had a few before. Um, so it kind of was like, this makes sense to create kind of a ranch farm environment too. And oh, by the way, um, even though it's 2,000 feet up in the middle of an oak forest, I'm going to plant some grapes here. Well, and it's funny because we always tell uh, Cellar Angel supporters that we find the wines that you can't find. And, yeah. and when I show people via Google Earth where your house is, <laughs> yeah. uh, you are going to, these people are going to be amazed because uh, Jeff is actually sitting, I mean, this is Jeff's driveway. Yep. And, and you drive up a road white knuckled that's about the size of a, of a golf cart path. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and if there is oncoming traffic, it's over. I, I mean, I don't know where you turn off. There's no shoulders and you're going to go down a, a you know, five Pretty good, cliff. Pretty good cliff. Yeah. Yeah. And then you take a left in this driveway. Oh, this actually. Um, yeah. And then you've got the pond, which Jeff yeah. has as his backdrop. So you can see how how lush and beautiful this estate is. And yes, it is surrounded by oaks. Um, Scotland, not yet. Not yet. Where it's, Scotland's asking, is it Google Earth time? Google Earth is kind <laughs> of a, Google Earth is ahead of the program. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, and and uh, for the record, Google is not a sponsor. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so the Rhone varietal strike, you find this place. What year was this that you bought the ranch? 2000. 2000? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, as, you, as you can see behind you, and not so much behind me, this is pretty steep terrain. It's and, very steep. Yeah. And, and how did you, <laughs> I mean, you can't just clear land and plant a vineyard, but you decided to plant four vineyard blocks. So, yeah. So it's, uh, the property is 60 acres, and um, I walked every foot of it. And I found four acres originally that I thought would be ideal for certain Rhone varietals. There was no quit. I was not, nothing wrong with Cab, nothing wrong with Chardonnay, but I didn't want to be the thousand and first Cab guy in Napa, right? There, there's so many great Cabs. I wanted to be something a little different. And why not follow the inspiration experiences that kind of change your life and, and kind of fulfill that dream too? So I found, um, I, I hiked everywhere and, and did have to do some clearing, but I found a rock cap and I'm like, okay, this is where the Syrah block goes. This is my little, this is my petite Hermitage. This is where um, I'm going to plant all the Syrah, you know, and a coat roti. It's, it's all rock underneath too. Syrah is a very vigorous uh, varietal and you need to devigor it. And you can do that with certain rootstocks and also by, by planting it on rock caps. So that seemed to be right. Um, now, did you, as, as you were walking and, and planning and, and kind of coming, yeah. putting this vision into reality, you right. had to actually tell other people. And yeah. did they look at you like you had three heads or were they well, just like you? The ones who knew me knew I was insane to begin with. And the okay. ones who didn't know me just kind of shook their head and they're like, really? You know, and I would say, look, it's going to be great wine or great salad dressing. I don't know which, you know, either way, it'll, it's going to be good. Okay. Right. And so, um, yeah, but, but realize I took five years before planning to do this, right? And I took three years to find the right areas. And then after clearing, you know, I took two years to naturally winter the land. It's supposed, you can get oak root fungus and stuff out with gassing. And there's a lot of nasty ways to get rid of that. I wasn't gonna do, I wanted it to be natural. Right. We're not certified organic, but we're, we're about as close as you can be without it. Right. Right. We have sheep to graze the, you know, the rows. And anyway, so um, the idea was to let the land naturally recover on its own, literally hand picking pieces of oak trees out, you know, and, and, and over over a two year period and, and really kind of, you know, trying to be the custodian, the shepherd of this land, it's, you know, if we're going to be, you know, we all know that great wine comes from great farming, right? You, yep. 90, 90, 95% of it is really about what you get out of the, out of the land. So it was important for me to get that good start. 
And I consulted a few experts, a couple of French guys who had quite a bit of great ex, uh, expertise in that area too. And, and they had the same response about shaking their head and thinking I was pretty crazy about to try this too. But they were, they were full of admiration and enthusiasm to try it, right? Well, let, let, me, let me fill in the gap because sure. there is, you know, the bike ride in Avion. Yep. You graduate college, yep. you're in the Bay Area. What did you do to be able to afford a weekend home in, in mountain country of Napa? I mean, what was so, the yeah, yeah, I started an ad agency, started, started myself and grew it to a fairly good size and headquartered in San Francisco. And, and I, needed, I needed kind of a retreat. I needed a place to go where cell phones didn't work at that time, which was, which was one of the greatest things ever. <laughs> right, exactly. Weekend, sorry, I didn't get that call. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you started the ad agency when? I started in uh, 19, uh, 1997, yeah, 97. And you're still in the ad business today. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yep. Uh, and you have now. Uh, it's interesting the matriculation process of yeah. business people because I see this in law, I see this in real estate, I see this in medicine, I see this in, in advertising and insurance, where everyone goes and works for the big folks and they you yeah. know gravitate and go right up and and then they get kind of near the top. They're like, yeah, this isn't fun. This is, yeah. I'm not having any fun. And then they go out, hang out, hang a shingle out themselves and they just enjoy the heck out of being in business themselves. Yeah. I never did the big folks. I just did it myself and then grew it. And so got, got pretty, pretty big Had an office in Paris and uh, at Austin, Boston, uh, Paris, Tokyo, and Shanghai. So it was well, a lot, I, of, I there was a lot of travel and, but, but you get to the same point. You're, it's not, it's not fun anymore. So Latest, latest incarnation of an agency is, uh, is a little different program and a little more hands-on. I actually get to do some of the work, which is nice. So, right. yeah, but, but I, think, I think you're right. It's about creating something. And that's kind of what I've always enjoyed doing. And I got into advertising because it's the only thing I could really think of that, that melded art and business. So you could, have, you could be creative and still be in business in, in, a, in a way too. And wine is kind of the same way too. Yeah, I was just going to say there's an absolute parallel to wine because yeah. I mean you have the art science uh, yeah, balance exactly. and, and also the business aspect, but exactly. you do get to create something. And so right. you, now you're walking this land, you spend five years clearing it. Yeah. And as uh, as folks remember from last week, or if they don't, we, we had a great couple on from uh, Lampierde Vineyards and they have the highest vineyard on Mount Veter. Oh, wow. It's the, it's the second highest vineyard, I think, in all of Napa, 2,500 feet. Yeah. So, so you know, mountain fruit is just uh, off the charts from intensity level and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But I, I was unaware that you had to devigorate Syrah. So Syrah is just really yeah. intense until you kind of like tone it down. It'll become a great looking bush. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you, you, you know, you graft it onto different uh, uh, rootstocks, 110R, 1103 pulse, and we did 110R, but it, it, it tends to slow the growth a bit and, and not make it so bushy. You know, you can still go through and thin it to get the same thing, but, but it's better if it gets closer naturally, right? Trying to, trying then, to use nature wherever we can. Absolutely. And one, one of the things I find uh, funny is that uh, there's zoning ordinances with where you can plant in Napa and, and steepness yeah. is they're, they're <laughs> <laughs> and you're not, you're, you're not allowed yeah. to go 30% grade. Um, yeah. Yeah. But the nice thing is, is someone with <laughs> some someone with some intelligence wrote, yeah, but it's, it's blended. So it's not just this you steep. Take the slope. average. You take, take the average and there's a lot of 29.9 averages or 14.9 averages, which is a couple of my blocks. So in other words, you have at the top of one, you have zero and here you have 30 and then you have to yep. find a tangent that's 14.9. And shockingly that works out. Now, I don't think they, they don't like that anymore. So, um, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I have the, I have some great friends in Napa County. Uh, we've gotten to know each other over the, over the years, and they're very good people. Because, and, and, and I think this actually wonderful people. And please don't come after me again. No, <laughs> I, I, I won't. Um, won't. Won't even share this. Yeah. It's only going to be seen by like I know, nobody's people. watching. It's just you and I. Anyways. You're, you're <laughs> fine. Uh, so, besides Syrah, what else do you want to? Or what else did you plant? 
So um, I was originally setting out to do a field blend. So I was trying to really get it to a certain percentage of Syrah. And I've got six different clones uh, that I chose too, because I wanted to mix it up a little bit. I want to be dedicated just to one clone in case I didn't like it. Right. right. And, and, and also kind of trying to, you know, many different varietals in Chateau Neuf de Pop wine, 13, 14, uh, you know, varietals necessarily too. And I wasn't going to do that many, but I wanted to do some different clones. So there's six different clones of Syrah planted, three different clones of, uh, of Grenache Noir, one Movedra and one Cunois. And those are the red varietals. And the white varietals are Grenache Blanc and Viognier. And um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was kind of interesting. When I got my well, first one, yeah, go ahead. No, and, and the names of the wines uh, yeah. are not, not conventional. Right, right. So kind of the underlying theme, right. <laughs> you're not just going to call it Syrah. Right. Uh, or Viennese. Right, right. So here is the iron, irony in this whole thing especially given this year. But um, I set out to make one great red wine or great salad dressing, but it was gonna be great. And, um, and so our first harvest in 07, we got some fruit. It was very young fruit, wasn't right. gonna make a red wine. So we made a rosé. We made uh, two barrels, 50 cases of rosé. And we tasted it and we're like, oh, and we made it again, like a real wine. A lot of rosés are signate off and it's extra juice that people used to throw away and now they put it in a bottle and that sort of thing. And we could have a whole discussion on rosés sometime too, because how the American palate has evolved kind of to where the European palate is on rosé is a whole nother story too. And, and I didn't want a sugar bomb. I wanted a very, you know, high acid, dry, luscious, wonderful summer poolside rosé. Anyway, so we did that. And um, a friend of mine said the San Francisco Chronicle is having a rosé tasting contest. You should send yours in. And I'm like, are you nuts? We don't know what the hell we're doing. I mean, they might put it on salad again, that thing. And um, it, it was two weeks in the bottle. We had just bottled it. And he goes, what do you care? And I'm like, you're right. I don't care. Let's do it. So we sent it in. Long story, I think it was 187 rosés they tasted, and they picked their favorite 20. Didn't rank them. They just picked their favorite 20, and ours was one of them. And I was I was shocked and happy, but it was good. I liked it. Right. It, was, it wasn't Domaine Tompier, which is what we'd like to go for, but never going to get there. But um, we, it, I like it, it. It was good. And so, so did that did that did that excite and scare the hell out of you? Like, oh, wow. Now no, it, it, it all excited to me because first of all, it was like proof of concept. Right. Yep. Wait a minute. We can get drinkable good wine out of this. Right. Holy, sh you know, this might actually work. So, um, but what I had done, the, the wine that I was going to develop, I wanted to use elemental, an elemental name. And the one wine I was going to make, I was going to call it fire, which we can get into that later. <laughs> but, because <laughs> that's a exactly. whole other story. But, um, so I was going to call it fire. But again, so rosé, I'm not going to call that fire. So I said, let's stick with the elemental theme. We'll call it air. Because to me, it was refreshing. It was, you know, I wanted something to kind of go on. Um, the next year, the Grenache Blanc and the Viognier started to produce. And I had always wanted to experiment using a little bit of that in the red. You know, there's a dirty little secret that sometimes they use that too, and it enhances the bouquet a little bit. And I, was, yep. I just wanted, I just wanted, it was more for, to, to kind of test it all out. And I think when I planted, um, you know, my, my hundred vines of Grenache Blanc at the time, um, I became the third largest producer of Grenache Blanc in California. You know, so it, it was not exactly a well-known varietal, too. But, you know, speaking of the varietals, you, you've got Grenache Blanc and you've got Grenache Noir. And how yes. do they differ just from Grenache? Um, well, it's the same family, too. But one's, one's, a, one's a white grape, white, yeah, white group, and one's a red grape, too. And uh, so, and a lot of these, I, I should mention, I, got, I was able to piece this vineyard together and all these vines together from... I'm going to get 300 vines of this and 400 vines of that based on what I could get through Tablas Creek, which is owned by Chateau Beaucastel, who brought the Beaucastel clones over, went through the two-year quarantine, and they'd always have a few extra of their vines available. And so not easy to find, but you know, you know me, I'm a little persistent. So um, I was able over a couple of years to put it all together, uh, not exclusively their clones, but, but quite a few of them. Right. Um, so, so Tablas Creek is yeah. owned by Chateau, Chateau Beaucastel. Yeah. 
I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and they're well, great wines. They're great wines, yeah. yeah. Let me yeah. Uh, let me just show people what we're talking about and, and why this is just such a spectacular setting. Sure. Um, and and we'll go to our good friend Google Earth. So Google Earth, everyone, I, the, the chanting was was intense in the in the comment line. Google Earth. Google. <laughs> so yeah, Scotland. It's go time, baby. So yeah. So are you rotating to Avignon or no? No, I I, I would have. That would have been actually uh, the accelerated <laughs> model of pre presenters and people right. that know what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> But I do want to, you know, we always start for the new folks with what is wine region to Cellar Angels? And right. uh, this happens to actually be Jeff's backyard and where he grew up. So we focus exclusively on Napa County and Sonoma. And, and I'm, I'm always amazed when people see this for the first time, They're, they come away with depression, rightfully so. Wow, Sonoma is huge. Yep. And, and, and it's quite big, quite diverse, uh, really rugged terrain. And and I can't remember what the specifics are, but it's impressive that this region here, because of the coastal influence, because of the, vol the volcanic influence, yep. it has something like 16 of the 33 soil types in the world. Right. And it, it's one of the most diverse collections of soils uh, that you can find anywhere on the planet, which is why the wines are so darn good. Uh, but from a Jeff Loomis standpoint, we're gonna, uh, we have three views. I, I wanna show people first, uh, where you are in relation to Napa. Right. So as you can see, you know, Napa proper right here, Yountville right here, Rutherford. And I've made this drive a dozen or so times. Uh, you've made it 4,000 or more. Yeah. Uh, how long is the drive from downtown Napa to your place? If I'm driving? If someone is obeying the speed limit. Oh, um, let's go 25, 30 minutes. Okay. It's only, it's only seven miles, seven, eight miles. Right, and it's, it's a that, but that includes that includes the depth of fine last two miles up the up the private road. Yeah. So, and and we're going to show them that aspect of it because now you get to see a little bit about you know the mountainous aspect of where Jeff's property is and right. why when we when we go behind the <laughs> gates we we literally we find some obscure places that source great wine. Uh, this is one of them. So that's where the ranch is. <laughs> Yeah, this is the this, this is the driveway coming down, and there's a private gate right here right. Uh, that I still have the code for, unless they changed it since our last yeah. accident. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and now, I mean, you can very easily discern just the magnitude of of steepness of this road because mm -hmm. there's this is all private driveway, and when I tell you that it's the size of a cart path, I, I'm not kidding you. You're not kidding. It's paved. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's paved with cows. You, you, with cows, yes. You have to navigate livestock. Yes. And then you get all the way up to the top, or darn near the top of the mountain, and you start to see. Hang on a second. There's a house and vineyards up here. Right. Who the and, heck knew that? Yeah, I'm. I, I I took some Google Earth lessons this week. <laughs> But I, I want people to realize the steepness a little bit because you can't see it right in here, but this is the top of a mountain. So if we, if we pan over, right. you start to see the mountain materialize and there's the, here's the lake that is behind Jeff. Yeah. But you can, there's, we fly over Jeff's house, yeah. the vineyard, and then you literally go off a cliff. There's my solar array. Mm -hmm. Your solar array, yeah. It is about as, pretty a property as I've seen. Thanks. And, and one thing that I, I want to draw attention to, because we're going to have a discussion about it, is that this imagery is from September 1st of 2018, yeah. which is why everything looks so lush and fertile. Because like you said, you are at elevation, you're in the middle yeah. of an oak forest. Right. And if, and if I fast forward to today, uh, the picture is not as clear, but the fires that came through did some extensive damage. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you have, oh, wow, that was. We lose you. Hello. Hello. 
Hello. Idea of, 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 are you there? Yep, yep, back. Okay. Um, that gives you an idea of the insanity of actually growing, planting, clearing all of this vineyard land. And, and I, I, one of the greatest things about Jeff, and there are many, is his attitude. And, you know, Jeff had a fire accident this year, the house I just showed you on Google Earth in February or March April. or April. On, on, on in April, and on Easter Sunday, burnt to the ground. Yes. So uh, I've been in that house a number of times. It's an absolutely, extremely cool, sophisticated home that has every accoutrement you would want to have both in the house and outside the house. Pool, bocce, you name it, fire pit, pizza oven, all of it's there. Um, and, and that was gone. And then October, the fires come raging through. And when you live in an oak forest, uh, most of us know oak's pretty good burning wood. And, and you got, you lost a lot of the trees, uh, some of the vineyards. Walk me through kind of the, the fire damage this year. Yeah, it, so um, yeah, so the last fire burned the barn where I had all my vintage cars stored and um, burned through the vineyards, um, lost nearly all of the harvest. Um, the vines are gonna be okay because the, fortunately we manicure the, the, the vineyards pretty well. So the cover crop in between the rows burned so there was heat, there's ash, there's smoke. The fruit was not gonna, some people are making wines this year. I was not gonna make something out of that, but I did come up with a, a solution for what we were able to do. Um, but, um, and I had, uh, I had some uh, truffle oaks planted too um, and lost uh, so, you know, 90% of those. Some, some what? So they're oak trees that are inoculated with truffle. So I'm, I'm a partner with American Truffle Company and we're experimenting about growing truffles in Napa County. So because there's, plenty of, oak, there's plenty of oak trees. So you, yeah, you, yeah. So you grow them from scratch and, and six or seven years, you have truffles. Get out of town. Where to God. And you said somebody from Scotland, the chief scientist and one of the foremost experts in truffles is in Scotland. I think he's in the Isle of Man or something, some university there. Oh, I said Scotland because his name is Scotland. It's like oh, the okay. coolest, coolest first name ever. Yeah. Um, totally. So what does the, how is the fruit, I mean, how is the truffle produced on a tree? No, they're fungi. They grow under the okay, ground. Right. So, uh, so you just grafted them to oak rootstock, the, essentially. The oak trees are inoculated with truffle and they form under the ground given the right conditions. And when, you know, when we've got the right conditions. Wow. Okay, I've, got, I've got three questions from the audience. Yes, um, black paragories. Oh, wow, that's actually, that was one of the questions. White yeah. truffle or black truffle? Yep, yeah, wh whites are really only from Alba and, and you know, they're like right now, this is the month for white truffle. It's, it's unbelievable, it's great. I think the current price I saw for white truffles, 1350 a pound, as in $1,350 a pound. You know, they're, they're exquisite, but there's a very short season for them too. Paragords are, are you know, just amazing. And that's kind of, what, I, that's what we're going for. I clearly have to up my truffle game. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, they're not having truffle fest this year. It's usually in January in Napa, Napa, Napa truffle fest. And, um, but you got to come out next year. You guys yeah, should come yeah, out. I'll, I'll, be my guests. Come on out. I'll be, I'll be out there for that for sure. And then uh, Nelson Holden wants to know, when are you going to begin importing pigs? Um, fortunately, or unfortunately, in some cases, um, they're already there. So um, oh, yeah. I have wild, right. boar, wild, pigs. wild boar yeah. on the property. I've got plenty of war stories about that too. Uh, in fact, the little bit of lawn you can see uh, behind Martin's ear has been uh, recently chewed up <laughs> oh, wow. from, from, from the wild boar. Um, they're very shy animals, but they are out there. And given the fires, you know, the ecosystem's just a mess, you know, and there right. the animals are everywhere. We had a mountain lion running around down by my barn and, yeah, it makes it even a little bit more adventurous. And so as it relates to the fire, in typical Jeff Loomis fashion, you decided to make lemonade out of lemons and, and you've yeah. done something pretty special and pretty noteworthy. Why don't you share with us what you've decided to do? Thanks, thanks. Well, I mean, I don't know, just just the, the nature of, of my life and, and where I've come from and, and life experiences always tend, you know, kind of forces me to focus on the good. And how can I make something that's bad into, into something good?
And my, my immediate thought on tasting the fruit and seeing that it had gone through all the vineyards was, we got to figure out some way to do that. If we can salvage this, what can we do? So what we're doing is we're making a wine called Smoke, and I'm going to donate it to local restaurants, small restaurants, not chains, and um, they can sell it for whatever they want to sell it for. And the deal is they get to keep half of what they sell it for, and they donate the other half to fire victims funds. So it's a way to create something. So I just did a barrel sample. We tasted it. I, I used some 19 juice, too, because we wouldn't have enough. And we're going to get about 75 cases. And it's pretty good. It's 60% Movedra and 40% Syrah. And it's, Ooh, nice. it's, it's a fun food wine, you know, and, and that's what it's meant to be. And we're trying to get it in bottle as quickly as we can. Probably uh, we want to give it some time in oak, but probably January, February, because right now restaurants need our help. You know, it's um, I, it, it's it's you know, it's a, it's a nationwide problem. And it's great, too, because, you, like you said, it's a food friendly wine, which uh, most Rhone wines yeah. are. I mean, they're meant to be paired with food. And so absolutely. Looking at your portfolio and specifically the ember that folks are drinking yeah. uh, or will be drinking after the order, give us some can't miss food pairings that you've discovered over the years. Oh, get, get the grill out, get the pizza oven out. This is th these, all of my wines are meant to be fun and approachable. Um, you know, they don't require too much analysis. Hopefully they're just yummy. And, um, you know, I, I get some black plum and raspberry and all those wonderful things in there too. And there's more finish. Um, Ember, the name, by the way, came out of me, my, me believing that the, the fruit wasn't quite ready to make fire. So this was little fire. This was, <laughs> that's where Ember came from. And, um, ironically, the very first fire is in barrel as 2019. So oh, it's wow. like we had fires in 17, we had fires in 20 and leave it, you know, 2021, the very first fire, the wine I set out to make got 20 years ago is finally going to be released. So, and oh, I'm going to tell you something, I, I don't, I, I don't usually do this. It in rocks. It's so good. I can't even tell you, but there's not much of it, but anyway. Uh, the studio okay. informs me that they did not hit the delay there. So that, I get excited about that one. That's exciting. And so, what is the plan now that, um, you know, the vineyards got a little bit, are they just going to regenerate themselves and be yeah, good next year? They're, they're going to be fine. The vines, uh, you know, we, we've got to replace, I think it's a, it's a couple dozen, you know, okay. of the couple thousand. So it, it's not, you know, th that they're going to be okay. You know, remember a lot of it's underground too. And the right. fire didn't really burn the vines. It burned down the aisles between the vines. So there's sure, all the damage, you know, and it, it it's, it's the most ironic thing. You go out there and you see, in some cases, the leaves weren't even burned. They were still green. And the fruit was perfect right in the fruit zone where it needs to be. And it looks beautiful. You taste it and it's, you know, I, I told somebody, it's like going, it's going to the grocery store, buying a, a cluster of grapes and holding your fireplace for 24 hours. It's not going to, it's not going to turn out well. No. So, um, but hey, we scratch that and we move on. Let me, uh, Peter Glick is having difficulty ordering air off of okay. your website and, and he lives in Illinois. Is that a okay. technical issue or is that a, is that a regulatory issue? Uh, it's not an issue. Don't email me. <laughs> Peter, Peter, we'll get you an email. Yeah. Uh, and, and you aren't planning on putting um, smoke on your website, are you? No, no. That's, that's purely going to be donated to local restaurants in Napa and San Francisco. And out of curiosity, if, if all the stars are in alignment, what is the maximum production capacity these four blocks or these vineyards can produce? Yeah, we would get up to close to a thousand cases. You know, okay. we've, been, we've been hovering about five or 600. You know, I've got a new block coming online too. So the, the, I don't want to get much bigger than that. So See, now I, I think I detect in you mm -hmm. um, kind of that mad scientist of creativity yes where you you have a passion 
for, oh, if we did this with the MUVED and then we grab some of this and then, Correct. oh, I need more land for that. You know, I can just see this going off the rails. Exactly right. Exactly right. And those are almost daily conversations with, with Michael and, 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 you know, and Candelario and we're like, what if we did this over here? Doesn't it seem like it's two, two degrees cooler down over here than it is over there? And that makes more sense for the ganache block. So yeah, we, 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 we do that a lot. And, oh, and you, you, see our, you see our blending sessions too, because we, because we make all these wines separately and then blend them in the end. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, we do four separate harvests for a vineyard this size. Think about that. You know, wow. which, which is insane just by definition. But we do a harvest for, for the for the rosé, you know, specific rows are, are pulled for the rosé to make sure the acidity is still high, the fr fruit is fairly fresh. And then we do, uh, we do one for the uh, Grenache, uh, Grenache Noir, Mauvedra and Cunha. And then we do, um, but before that we do one for the Grenache Blanc and the uh, Viognier, then the, the fourth and last one is the Syrah. And everything's hand harvested. It's not yeah. like there's a lot no. of equipment that can go up there. No machines, no machines. Everybody wants to come for a harvest party. And when, and when they actually do, they do like three vines at 4 a.m. They're like, this is supposed to be fun. I'm like, it's not, it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> they have their miners hats on with it, with the lights on and they're at 4 a.m. And they're for sure hung over from the night before. And <laughs> it's chilly. It's like, this is not charcuterie in a right. minute. This is not what a is romantic what? experience. <laughs> I was thinking of at a harvest party. <laughs> exactly. No, that's good stuff. So, uh, Talk to me about, uh, and also, by the way, I'm getting a number of people that now are claiming that you can't, something's going on that from Illinois, but on the website, that's not allowing yeah, you. Yeah, um, well, yeah, just to have, you know, have them email me directly and I'll take care of them for sure. And and the problem is the website company, actually the hosting company, Wine Direct's in Napa. And I right. think there was some impact there from the fire too. So there's, we've got some glitches on that front too, but we'll get those fixed. We, we shipped, to, we can ship to Illinois. And anybody that wants the ember, you can always get it from Cellar Angels. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, you also have a wine on your site called Alimony. Yes. And that, that, is, there's that a story there name. too. You want the PG version of that one? So, um, <laughs> so I, I, um, I, I, love, I love the fact, first of all, I love the story, but I love the fact that the name was available. Oh, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked and very happy. And I was, uh, several people tried to talk me out of it, but. No, what happened is I um, I decided to get divorced. I went through a divorce. It was a long one, and the um, there were thirteen. By, by the way, a lot a lot of folks are uh, are voting that they want the non PG version. They, the non PG they want, version. They well, the I, I, but I can't swear on Zoom. I think there's like editing controls. Let's just say that eleven attorneys were involved. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that was inexpensive. <laughs> so that was fun. No, but but um, what happened is the thirteen barrels of wine stuck in divorce jail. Like literally I couldn't get to him and I was being, if I, I was not able legally to touch them or no one was uh, by, by design, right? It was like, we're going to try and ruin these wines, that sort of thing. So fortunately I had some people going in back doors where they were stored and testing them and, and making sure that they were kept up the whole time. And, um, and, and that's where the lack of PG version uh, part comes in. Anyway, so uh, when I finally freed them, uh, free at last, um, I, I, we sat down and we tasted them all. And I'm like, what the heck are we going to do with these things? And I'm like, we got to make a, let's just make a blend. Let's make a red blend. Let's make a yummy, fun food wine. It'd be a fun wine, you know? And he goes, great, but you're not going to call, you're not going to call it ember. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to call it alimony. <laughs> like, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, I am. And, um, People are, no, no, call it resolution. That's more positive. I said, and boring. And right. uh, yeah, so alimony is, is, a, is a fun name. And another funny story is I talked to the California Bar Association and recommended it for their, their annual dinner. <laughs> Did so, they take you up on it? Now we're going to, but then COVID hit. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love it. The uh, again, ma making yeah. uh, lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good, it's a good wine. It's uh, yeah. A few restaurants have it by the glass and it's yummy. Em Ember is, a, is obviously a much more structured and, you know, and, 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 and more well-balanced wine. Alimony is a fun one. So, so who in the wine industry have you looked up to from a standpoint of, I want to make wines like that person, or I want to have 
you know, from a mentoring standpoint. Wow. And wow. Well, the wineries that I, I always loved, you know, mostly are French, you know, I mean, I, I Domaine Tempier, uh, the, uh, you know, Pichon Lalonde, the Comtesse, uh, I was privileged enough to meet her uh, once and, and was just awed by how impressive this, this woman was and her passion for the wines. I had a great story. I was, I was actually on the property there in their laboratory and I was looking out the window and I saw this like Roman thing out in a vineyard. I'm like, why does that look familiar? What the heck is that? And I finally asked him, he goes, he goes that's Latour. So it's literally Latour from Latour, which borders Pichon Lalon. So, I mean, I, I think that, I think Gigal has done, you know, Gigal has gotten huge. I was going to say um, they're massive. But massive, yeah. but he didn't used to be. And right. he, make, he, he makes some single vineyard, three single vineyard uh, coat rotis that are, are truly, truly magical wines too. Um, you know, when it comes to Napa, I mean, I always like Randy Dunn's wines those cow mountain calves, um, not well known, but you know, when you have, if you wait 20 years to drink them, they're, they're pretty magical. Otherwise they're leather before that. Yeah, they're, so, they're leather and, and your tongue is stuck to the roof of your mouth and yeah. you can't get the tannins done, but they're, uh, they're, they're chewy. They're chewy. But I, I, uh, I yeah. like some of those things too. I cut my teeth on Napa calves with silver Oak, like most people. You know, back right. when Justin was around and he, he was a crazy guy. He was a Jesuit priest wearing tie-dye pants all the time. And his wife, Bonnie, I always liked his Bonnie's Vineyard when he did it. He did that till about 1991. And that was a little little parcel that he made and he, and he had to stop making it because it was too popular. But it was this herbaceous, earthy cab. And he was a big proponent of American oak. I use only French oak. Ember, um, for example, is 100% French oak, 30% new, 70% one-year-old. Right. We even make the rosé. We make the rosé in oak. We put the oak, that in oak for six months. Five-year-old neutral, neutral oak, just to give it some roundness. I mean, the things we do to these wines is not normal, but it's, it's all aimed at trying to create something that's special. And, and you've talked, to, I love the, the passion for the reds. I, I, yeah. The rosé is very, very special, but yeah. you also make some, some sleeper killer white ones. So tell me, I, tell I, me a little I, bit about the white wine portfolio. So, yeah, so Grenache Blanc, so Snow is the, uh, is the white, and it's, um, it's predominantly Grenache Blanc with some Viognier in there for a little floral bouquet too. But Grenache Blanc is a tricky varietal because if you let it, leave it on the vine too long, you get real syrupy, honey sweetness. And I don't want anything to do with that. But if you pick it at the right time, like literally on the day or within a day, of when the acidity is right, it is beautiful and luscious and um, not quite Chablis-like because Chablis is more minerally, but it's got that kind of, um, it, it's one of these things that I, I can't stop drinking. If I open a bottle, I'll, I'll drink the whole thing. And it's fun to let them sit out for an hour or two and see how they evolve and, right. and not, drink it, not drink it too cold. You know, people, people sometimes drink their whites too cold and you don't get to taste what's really there. No, and, and it has that that racy acidity, but it still has, yeah, and and, and it's it's pretty magical. The, the the thing I I'm, I marvel at is when you say we've got to pick it at exactly the right time. How do you get a vineyard crew up there? Um, well, I have I have guys that have worked with me for fifteen years, and oh, wow. and and they will they know. <laughs> You know, and if I need them at 4 a.m. the next morning, uh, they I have this great relationship with them. They, they get it done. So, um, That's fantastic. yeah, it's, it's the only way it works. And, and you know, don't underestimate the value of those guys. I mean, you know, Candelario has been with me what 15 years and he, he works at a few different vineyards, too. But but I'm his favorite one, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> no, I just think I think he cares, you know, and you get people involved in this thing that care and kind of relate to the passion, and the experience. And everybody wants to make it as great as possible. And um, there's nothing better than when, you know, after we after we bottle and sit around, you know, and when the wine's released and and actually taste it. And it's fun. We, we barrel we'll barrel sample, too, and taste them along the way. I just tasted uh, fire, like I said, and ember. Ember 19 and smoke. We just did a quick barrel sample of those. And, you know, you, you can taste the evolution. And I've taken friends to where let's go barrel sample. And then a year later, let's go back and barrel sample again and see if they 
can detect and, and see the differences and it's pretty fun. That's um, the, the producer is actually asking me, um, what do we have to do to get that tasting? Because apparently we aren't friends because we haven't been doing it. <laughs> we'll, um, we, will, we will arrange that. We'll do that for sure. Mission control uh, yeah, is no wondering problem. how do we do the barrel samples. You, you uh, I have two, two questions for you. Yeah, sure. The, I'm curious what Jeff Loomis <laughs> would tell, Jeff Loomis today would tell Jeff Loomis, uh, the bicycle rider in Avignon. Oh, um, wow. As far as, as, far as, as far as life, look, looking at life. Mm -hmm. um, I think it, it kind of uh, symbolizes the bike ride is kind of the journey. And that's what that's what I've gone on. I've, I've, I mean, my life has been this ridiculous journey that if I sat here for eight hours and told you, you'd be like, no way. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's insane thing after insane thing after insane thing. And it's, it's damn near unbelievable, but it's real and it's been exciting right. and it's, it's, it always ends up pretty good. Um, you know, there's always ups and downs, but, but that's part of life and part of the journey. And I think, you know, I have a thirst for life. I, I enjoy living even in the bad times. Right. And trying to find out like right now, it's so important that we all just be kind to each other and, you know, buy coffees. I sent, I sent my local coffee baristas a case of wine. They, they thought I was Santa Claus, you know, and they, and they won't let me pay for a macchiato now. And I'm like, stop it. That's not the point. <laughs> right. You know, but it's well, just, it's just about being kind to everybody right now. And I think that's kind of, I, I think it was a good idea back then, you know, and, and, I, and I think it's still a good idea today. And, and um, then now you, you've been at this for 20 years since you bought the property. Yeah. Uh, 15 since you, you know, pulled a grape yep. off a vine. Yep. And, and when, what do you see from, from a future standpoint, when will you just look back and just go, okay, nailed it. This is what I want this, you know, when will, will you ever have arrived or is it always the journey? No, no. Cause you know, it's, you can't be happy. You know, you always think when you get there, then you'll be happy and you gotta right. be happy all along the way. And for me, right. the journey never ends. It's like, let's, let's see what we can do next. You know, let's see where we can take this wine. You know, clearly the, obvious the, the you're not having a lot. Of, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say clearly obvious you're not having a lot of fun doing this. No, no fun at all. Um, but but um, yeah, and the property is gonna be different. You know, it's like there's I, I I'm doing some crazy stuff with it, and and you'll get to see some of it next year, and it will be a very different, you know, experience with the house because you can't really build rebuild that house that way. The codes have all changed. And it was a right. architectural gem, right? But um, you can't do it anymore. So when 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 I see that you can't do it, I look for something else. So now it's going to be something completely different, and you're gonna you're gonna laugh, and hopefully you'll like it. And um, I think it'll be a special place, and hopefully we can have all these people come out and and join us uh, sometime. Well, I hope so too. And I know Sean and Marilyn just left a very nice comment in the comment line because they've actually been to your house with us uh, and oh, nice. experienced that the famous, famous Loomis hospitality. Oh, and uh, I can't believe how fast uh, this time goes uh, when we're talking with you because it's a, a blast. Uh, oh, wow. I'm very, very thankful for you sharing uh, great wine with us, great stories and everything. And I have one more poll question. Holy cow. Sure. I've got that. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the networks will let us run over. <laughs> in 2005, Jeff opened up Loomis Vineyards on his mountaintop property, complete with horses, cattle, and ducks. Of these, his favorite animal is. Oh, Hang on. <laughs> a lot of people voting. I've got answers for all three. I see a lot of wages going around, a lot of betting. We're going to give this uh, 10 more seconds, five, four, three, two, one. Now, I technically don't know the answer to this. I was I'm only... Sure I, I'm not sure I do. <laughs> no swans, but yeah. No, um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my horse uh, passed away a few years ago. He was very special to me. I have one horse left. He's a Frisian. He's 27 years old. He's this big black monster who thinks he's a teddy bear and he, he wants to come up. In fact, there's a couple of videos, I think, uh, on either my Facebook page or the winery Facebook page of 
me interacting with him after fires in the last couple of days and a couple of years. And um, so he's probably, he's my favorite animal for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Um, thank you for that. I lost a lot of money because I would have said ducks. Well, oh, fighting ducks. You betcha. Fighting Harvard ducks. of the West Coast, baby. Harvard of the West Coast. <laughs> you are awesome. I, I love it. Thank you uh, for spending a little time with us. Thank Everyone you guys. else to, uh, to Jeff's point, as we close and sign off every week, be good to one another. Uh, don't forget, if you're ordering Thanksgiving kits, you got to do it fast. Otherwise, you are going to be a goat at that dinner because they are not going to arrive in time. SIP kits are always available, and the new inventory has been replenished. Uh, gift sets, please order it ahead. Next week, we have a special food and wine culinary experience that we're going to be having with a person who has taught me more about wine than anybody else. So I hope you stick around next week. And if it's Friday, it must be SIP. Jeff, you are fantastic. I'm glad no, you're healthy. You I'm guys. glad you're well. Anytime, man. You. Here, I have guys. to go fill my Here's class. Everybody. Thank Here's you, guys. Everyone.